Welcome to Conversations with Cynthia. Cynthia Hyatt is a Christian psychotherapist specializing in trauma therapy, couples, relationships, and personal development. She is passionate about your life and is here to encourage, teach, and inspire you to be your own best version. Find her online at CynthiaHyatt.com. That's C-I-N-T-H-I-A-H-I-E-T-T.com. Now, with today's fresh insights, Cynthia Hyatt. Well, welcome to the show, and thank you again for joining me today. I hope this week has been inspiring for you. It has certainly been helpful for me to go over this idea that nothing's impossible for God. And in our own arrogance, sometimes we think that God can't even overcome us, but nothing's impossible for God. Whatever our circumstances are in our lives, whatever sin we are struggling with, whatever relational problems we are having, whatever it is, nothing, nothing is impossible for God. And sometimes we might feel bigger than God. Like I I might feel like he can't overcome me because I keep doing whatever it is that I'm doing or my circumstances are still what, you know, what they have been and they're not changing. And so sometimes we make God smaller because of what we're experiencing instead of understanding that whatever process is going on, God is in the midst of it, even if we can't see him. And so, you know, I I struggle with this concept, even though I've been a Christian the majority of my life, and I've seen God do impossible things for myself and for others on countless occasions. I've seen God show up in ways that were mind-boggling. And then I've had moments and times in my life where I thought, where are you? Where are you? Have you abandoned me? Have you forsaken me? And I remark frequently to my clients and my friends about how thankful I am that God is not easily offended. Because although I believe intellectually that God can do the impossible, and I pray to God countless times in a week for him to do that very thing, I'm I'm continuously shocked and amazed that he actually does it. And you would think with the amount of history I have with God that I would have more faith and I'd be more expectant. But we're human. And thankfully, God is not offended by our humanness. And so I I have this um, wonderful devotion that my mom wrote. And this was years ago that she that she wrote this. And, and it's the Psalms 18, chapter 18, verse 29. And it says, with my God, I can scale a wall. Maybe that's not a big deal for you. But for me, this verse pretty much represents an impossibility. It's not just enough to psych myself up or practice positive thinking. My only hope of getting over the walls in my life is with my God. Psalms 18:29, with my God I can scale a wall. I need his strong arm helping me. See, God has given us some great promises. And he will help us when we are climbing the walls in our lives. And Psalm 63 verse 8 says, "My soul clings to you." Your right hand upholds me. And Psalms 89 verse 13 says, Your arm is endued with power. Your hand is strong. 
But Isaiah 41, verse 13 is one of my favorites. For I am the Lord your God who takes hold of your right hand and says to you, Do not fear, I will help you. He will help us through the impossibilities of our lives. Whatever it is that's impossible, he will help us. He loves to be the God of the impossible. He loves to show himself. He loves to top himself all the time. He always is overcoming. And it's amazing the difference it makes when someone helps you up and over an obstacle or even just walks beside you and encourages you. So that grasping of an outreached hand is sometimes just the assistance we need. And how much more help we find when we grasp God's outreached, outstretched hand. So I want to encourage you that the next time God gives you the impossible, when you feel like the impossible is presented to you, reach for his powerful hand. Ask for his strength and count on him to help you up and over the obstacles. See, our best effort and his strength are great enough to accomplish the task. If I just reach, if I just grasp his hand, and if I can't find his hand, I need to say to him, I can't even find your hand. I can't even grasp for your outstretched arm for me. So I need help with that. The most beautiful thing you could do is be humble with God. Just just be who you are. Just simply say to him, I, I, I can't even find your, your arm. I can't even find your hand. I, I don't even know how to believe for that. The more you talk to him, very frankly, very honestly, because he knows your thoughts, he knows your heart anyways, he lives inside of you. He already knows. You might as well just be really brutally honest with him. He can handle it. Think of all God has handled over the course of eternity. <laughs> My goodness. Think of all the letdown and disappointments he's had to deal with. This amazing idea, this world, this universe, this creation that he, that he started. Think of how many times he's been let down by people that said they loved him. I think he can handle you. He can handle me. And I need to remind myself of that, that he wants to handle me. He wants to handle my life. He wants to be with me in it, no matter how messy it is. He wants to be a part of it. And so I want to talk a little bit about believing when it's hard to believe. Because I've had many of those moments. And, and we, we've talked earlier in the week about Mark uh, chapter 9, verse 22 through 24. I'm going to read it to you again. It starts with, it says, it has, He has often thrown him both into the fire and into the water to destroy him. But if you can do anything, take pity on us and help us. And Jesus said to him, If you can, all things are possible to him who believes. And immediately the boy's father cried out and said, I do believe. Help me with my unbelief. And that, that statement right there is one of the most poignant statements said. It resonates so well with me. I, I believe with all my heart as to who God is and who he says he is. 
but I still have this contradiction of unbelief that he's actually going to do it for me or that I deserve it or that maybe I'll get in the way. And God can even work around me. He can work through me, around me, in me, on top of me, beneath me, beside me. So I need to say to God, honestly, I do believe. I believe in you. I don't believe in me. And because of my own whatever issues, my own condemnation, my own judgment, my own fears, my own insecurities, I believe who you are globally, but I'm not sure I believe that you would do it for me. And I'm afraid to believe because I don't want to be let down. And so there's some statements that I want to read to you. And this is from one of my good friends, Tom Moffat. He's been on our show before. And, and these statements, believe, comes with a preposition. And that preposition is in. So make sure your in has the power to bring you in the direction your passion and purpose need to go to. So what am I believing in? And I first want to believe in God. I want to believe in Christ so that my passions and my pursuits don't come first and then I try to add God to it. So I want to believe in God and then believe in the fact that he loves me, has called me, and that his ways are always perfect and he's the God of the impossible. And so I can give him every passion I have, every pursuit, every idea, every need, every want, and know that if I believe in God first, that all of those ideas, all of those wants and needs and passions and pursuits that I give to him will go through him and come out on the other side in a way that is beneficial for me, beneficial for others, versus the other way around. My needs, my wants, my passions, my pursuits, whatever it is, my obstacles, that I believe in how big they are versus believing in God first about how big he is. And so I don't want to change my life based upon my potential. I want want my life to be changed because of what I believe. I'm not limiting God. I'm saying that God is bigger than anything I could ever imagine, ever conceive of. And so I'm basing everything on that. And that my belief is in how big God is, not how big I feel I need to be, or how big the obstacle is, or how big the dream is, or the passion is. My belief is in how big God is, and God is bigger than any of it. And so I don't want to let the situation, in it, that, that the situation that I'm in makes, is the thing that's the defining issue. It's not what, what I feel about the situation that matters, but what I believe about it. That's what makes the difference. So no matter how big or small, whatever the situation that I find myself in, or that I have created for myself, right? 
I can't have more belief in the size of that than I have in belief in God. God is always bigger than my situation. There's nothing in heaven, nothing in heaven that can't be in my present life. There's nothing bigger than, than any situation. Than, than, there's nothing bigger than God, and I have to remind myself of this. So we're called to be believers. All of us want to believe, and we have all these stories of believing in Jesus, all these stories of people believing in Christ. We have, we have the entire Bible that shows it, that he's always come through. He's never let us down. So every moment of every day, we need to keep pinning ourselves down, grounding ourselves in the fact that God is enduring and that there's nothing bigger than God. So we all have disappointments when it comes to believing and when it comes to unanswered prayers. So what about the person who's praying and their prayers remained unanswered? How do we explain that? How do we explain that to ourselves? And one of the things that helps me understand when I have unanswered prayers and I have unanswered requests, I always go back to the life of Christ and that one of the things that he said to God was, if there's any way possible for this cup to pass, let it be. But your will, not my will, be done. Jesus had ultimate trust in his Father. And so when I have prayers that seem to be unanswered, one of the things that grounds me more than anything is when I say, you know, God, your will, though, your will, not mine. And I honor him with ultimate trust. And this is what Shad, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego did. They trusted. They trusted God. And this is where we want to say to ourselves, you know, if I have unanswered prayers, if things are not working, and I'm feeling like God has abandoned me, is not hearing me, is not helping me, is not changing me or changing my situation, then I have to say the very prayer that, that Jesus said. He said, not my will, but yours be done. And he trusted God. And that's one of the hardest things, I think, for us as humans. And this is why we have such a friend in Jesus, right? What a friend we have in Jesus. He had to learn that from a human perspective of trusting his father. And ultimately understanding that God's will is the best, is the most honest, the most truthful, the most enduring, and the most holy. And that's tough. That, that, that's a hard thing to do. And so I rely on Jesus in that way. And I say, you know, if Jesus had to walk through that, if Jesus had to do that, I mean, God is never asking me to hang on a cross. I'm very thankful for that. If Jesus can do that and showed me the way I can do that. So what are ways that we can stir up our faith and believe again? How do we do that? I want, I want you to, to do a little exercise and, and take some time after, after you listen to the show to write down verses 
that are very, very applicable to you, that really speak to your heart. You know, we, we all have life verses, the ones that mean so much to us, that have met us where we needed to be met. And so I want you to take some time and just jot down some things that ground you, that remind you of truth. And I want you to go back and, and really work through that, that um, uh, what, what the, the little thing that, we, that I gave you about the knowledge plus evidence and history plus belief plus trust equals faith. And so you want to take time and say, what do I know? What's the knowledge that I know? And then I want you to say, and underneath that knowledge, what evidence and history do I have as to what God has done for me in my life? How many times has he intervened? How many times has he answered a prayer in a way that you didn't even anticipate, but all of a sudden you realized, oh my goodness, he heard my prayer. He answered it. Sometimes it's years. So what's the evidence and history you have with God? And then I want you to write down underneath that what you're believing in. What are the things about God you believe in? And then what are the things you are believing for? And then I want you to really write about how much you trust God. Why do you trust him? Why do you trust God? Why do you trust Jesus? Why did you ask him into your heart? Why did you become a Christian? What helped you do that? And then what are you trusting him for? And then I want you to make some statements of faith. And we have all those Bible verses by faith, by faith, by faith. And it really helps to do this exercise. I've done this. It's helped me tremendously. Seriously, though, it's, you know, it's discipline. And I don't always want to sit down and write things out. I would rather talk about it and think about it. (laughs) So it's very helpful when I actually write it because it makes it more concrete. So we want, to, we want to really understand, what do we know about God? What's your knowledge about God? Do you need more knowledge about him? Do you need to study him more? And what is all the evidence and history in your life that you have that has shown you that he is there? And then I want you to think about, what, what do I believe about him? And what am I believing for? And that's my trust. I trust in God. Why do I trust God? And it always goes back to evidence and history. Always goes back to evidence, history, and knowledge. Why do I trust him? So because I trust him, I have faith that he will do the impossible. So let's look at a couple of verses that I really like. And this is 1 John chapter 5, verse 5. Who is it that overcomes the world? Only the one who believes that Jesus is the Son of God. And I oftentimes say, God, you have overcome the world. You can overcome me. Because I'm pretty tenacious. I'm pretty stubborn. I said to my mother the other day, she's 85 years old, she's known me a long time. I said to her, you know, I really think about my childhood, and I, I'm, I'm very tenacious. I'm a very, I think I'm very stubborn. She goes, oh, my goodness, yes, you are. 
for my mom to get that emotive, it was hilarious. It was like a, a spontaneous reaction to me. I was like, okay, wow. Yeah, I think that's true. And so this idea of who is it that overcomes the world? God has overcome the world. God can overcome me. God can overcome you. He knows He knows who he's dealing with. So don't think that you are any match for God. If you let him, he will overcome in you the things that need to be overcome, and he will support and rise up and raise up the things the world needs to see, the world needs to experience that only you can give the world. How about Galatians 2.20? This is one of my life verses. I am crucified with Christ. Nevertheless, I live and the life I now live. I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself up for me. So this is a daily issue. I am crucified with Christ. This is a daily issue. Because you see, you have to remember, Christ was crucified, he died, then he rose again went to be with the Father in heaven. We don't get that option yet. So we have to daily crucify. We are constantly crucifying the part of us that wants to rise up above God, the part of us that wants to do whatever the fallen nature leads you to do. So we daily crucify ourselves, And we live by faith And we thank Jesus that he already did it for us and helps us do it. So John chapter 1, verse 12. To as many as received him, to them he gave the power to overcome and to become children of God. So when we receive God, when we receive Christ, we then truly become the children of God forever. And Mark 11, chapter 24, says, Whatever you ask for in prayer, believe that you received it and you shall have it. Now, there's a little, I want to give you a little insight about this verse because we have to be careful not to take everything literally. I would literally like to say that whatever I ask for in prayer, I believe it and then I'll receive it and I shall have it. What you want to understand is, whatever you ask for in prayer, believe that you receive it and you shall have it as to his will. So when I am constantly saying to God, not my will, but your will, then I just present my request to God, just as a little child would ask a parent. And then I trust God as a child trusts a parent that the request that's been made will come back in a way that is healthy for the child. So don't try to qualify everything and think for God. Just tell him what you want. Tell him what you want and realize that he is going to answer that in a way that is so good for you because he loves you. He loves you. So I want you to, I want you to really walk away today, ending this show knowing how deeply God loves you, completely, and wants the best for you and really desires to know you. So thank you for listening to the show today. Nothing is impossible with God. Remember that and have a great day. And I'll talk to you tomorrow. 
To hear today's program again or to share it with someone else, please go online, CynthiaHyatt.com. That's C-I-N-T-H-I-A-H-I-E-T-T.com. Conversations with Cynthia is heard daily at 3 p.m. and 12 noon every Sunday on Faith Talk 1360 KPXQ. Follow Cynthia on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and LinkedIn at Cynthia Hyatt. Until next time, remember, be your own best version. Yeah.